0: Hey everyone, how's it going and welcome back to Citywide Blackout, your home for the best creators from around the world. I'm your host, Max Bowen. And for this episode, it's a bit of a blast from the past because I get to talk to two old pals of mine from our Boston days. If you were in the Boston scene, you know the name Plastic Angels and they're back. They're joining me all the way from Nashville, where they now call home for the past uh, four years, Bethany and Jeff Lawson. Welcome back to the show. It is so cool to be uh, talking to you again.
1: Thank you so much
0: always, for having us. Always a pleasure, Mark. All right, all right. Now there is so much to talk about, but I think I want to begin with the big move you made about four years ago down to Nashville from the South Shore of Massachusetts. What happened that kind of prompted this?
1: Um, so we actually went to visit Nashville in the spring of twenty twenty, and it was actually the week it was the week that the pandemic hit. And We were down here visiting, and then all of a sudden in the middle of our stay, um, we were getting reports that things were shutting down in Massachusetts, Uh, gigs were getting canceled, and then um, they actually shut down Broadway, which if anyone listening has been to Nashville, Broadway doesn't shut down ever. So that was crazy. So we flew back home and into Logan Airport, and it was like a zombie apocalypse, a completely, empty airport and all of our gigs were canceled. We were out of, you know, our day jobs and we kinda were lost like everybody else. So um within a couple months we just figured, well, why not move to Nashville now? <laughs> what well, I mean You
0: you have like nothing else to do, right? You may as well
1: Yeah, I mean it was like, well, our gigs were canceled and we loved Nashville, so we just figured Let's pack, pack up and go. Our landlord was awesome. She let us get out of our lease. We found someone to take our lease over. And yeah, we just packed, literally packed both of our Hondas with as much stuff as we could fit. And our dog, we sold everything else. And we drove here, sight unseen, to an apartment Jeff found online and mm-hmm. bought a mattress the day we got here. <laughs> and uh, we figured we'd survive um so we were using the internet every day to look for jobs we'd go to starbucks for their internet because we were too cheap to buy our own at that point point. and um found jobs within day jobs within two weeks and yeah it was just i kind of look back on it i'm like i can't believe we did that that was insane
0: <laughs> right it, it like it, it almost seems like the the most just like like off the cuff thing to do. It's like, well, you know, the pandemic's happened, nothing else to do. Let's just move to Nashville and figure it out as we get there.
1: I mean, I was lucky. I'm lucky. Jeff is a very detail-oriented person, so luckily the apartment he found for us was beautiful. Um, but it was like less than 500 square feet with the two of us and our 12-pound dog and we didn't know anyone. And then now here we are almost 3 years later and we love it. We've met so many people and You've been so kind and and wonderful. It's, it's pretty crazy. <laughs>
0: I'll bet. I'll bet. Yeah, and and from what I've seen on your socials, you're certainly not being strangers. Like you're out there, you're in the Nashville scene, you're doing shows. Uh, what's that been like? More or less, like just like starting over essentially in a whole brand new place.
2: Definitely was, and this town is all about relationships. There is mega talent here. I mean, mega talent. It's all about creating friendships, getting to know people and by doing that doors open and you just gotta get out there and you just gotta talk.
1: Yeah, I mean we were literally we're going to Starbucks during the day to use their internet to find day jobs so we could survive. Yeah. And at night we would go out just to random places that were open. You know, at the time it was the pandemic, you know, it was still October twenty twenty, but it was different um, down
2: here. The yeah. pandemic was treated a little different down here. Things didn't really close that much they for a little bit, but they reopened really fast down here. Yeah. And it being during the pandemic, it was kind of fortunate for us because we were going out when other people weren't. We were going out and networking where other people were too afraid to. I can understand that, but it kind of, you know, it helped us to get to know people even better. Yeah. I mean, there were,
1: there were places that don't get me wrong. I mean, we would go and we would be the only ones wearing our masks.
2: Yeah.
1: And like, and people, would be bad. you know, and some people would kind of look it at was, some people I'm look at you. you like you're crazy and we would, we would get there and there wouldn't be that many people we'd sit by ourselves. We'd have our masks on. So we were taking precautions, but, um, and we would meet some people and then, Things would start to get busy, and by like you know eight thirty, nine o'clock at night, we're looking around like, "Oh my god, this place is getting packed. We should probably leave." You know, so
2: the pandemic was weird. It's uh it was nothing as extreme as Massachusetts. You guys shut down everything.
0: Yeah, we we lost. I would say at least a year, maybe more of any kind of live events. I mean, there was nothing. I think until something. I think Maybe it was around the summer of 21 when things began to sort of come back, but even then, it was slow, yeah. it was like you know, limited capacities, you got to have your mask, yeah. you got to have your vax card. And you, and you hear about other areas, like of course, uh, like down where you are, where it's like, oh, they're, they're, they're they've had shows for a while, what the hell?
1: And certain parts, of, so certain parts of Nashville were definitely more strict in taking it mm-hmm. more seriously because sure. of the political differences, but um. You know, Nashville's economy is so reliant on live music.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I really do feel for people, and that, I mean, not just the musicians, but the bartenders, the bar owners, the managers, these people, that hospitality is literally their livelihood. So we did kind of get back to partying, I guess you could say, probably a little sooner than we should have been. Um, but yeah, it was a strange thing to navigate, and to like be one of those people like walking into a room with a mask, and you know, getting invited to come up stage up on stage and play, and the person who's you know hosting for that night sees you wearing a mask, and and then <laughs> announces to everyone, "You don't need to wear a mask. I'm a cancer survivor, and I'm such and such years old." And you don't need to wear a mask because I survived COVID and God will help you survive. And you're like, what?
2: what? But one good thing <laughs> own microphones. Oh, yeah. Always you brought know, our own mics.
1: Always, we're, always we're, brought you know, our own
2: mics. And we're, we were always respectable, even if they felt like we were outsiders. We still, you
3: know...
1: It's a, it's a weird balancing, balancing act when you come from somewhere that, you know, most people, I think, in Massachusetts were pretty... In much in agreement that this is serious and we have to take it seriously. And here it was just there was definitely
0: more nuance. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I mean, where I am in Western Mass, you still see a lot of folks masking, up, even though like COVID is no longer considered a global uh, health risk anymore. Every restriction under the sun has been, has been has been lifted, but there's still a lot of folks who are wearing the masks. I know a couple of businesses nearby that, that that require masks if you want to go in. So yeah, it's definitely nuanced. You know, some areas it's like it's been gone for a while, other areas it's still on a lot of folks' minds. Um but I do wanna ask about networking because you talked about that, and of course that's 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 essential when you're in a new city. How are you two at networking?
1: I just like to make friends. I don't know if it's really networking. <laughs> I mean... How are
0: we
2: at networking? Yeah. yeah. Um, like Well, I guess because I mean I mean um we've had a lot of practice being here. It was a little weird at first because it's a different social like, construct down here in a way where when we came when we first moved here, we were kind of guarded. We were kind of like
1: You know that expression mass, like mass, mass holes. holes.
2: You know mass holes. Oh yeah. You know, people will just randomly talk to you and you're like, Why are you talking to me? This is weird. <laughs>
1: they are much more friendly here and I yep. think part of it is not just southern it's a southern thing it's
2: a survival thing too because people come here and mm-hmm. without, like us, most people that come here don't know anybody so it forces you to have to be social if you want to be a part of the community mm-hmm. so everybody's kind of becomes like this whole support network it's,
1: yeah. it's wild. People are very very supportive and and it's, it's kind of wild because in you know Nashville is like music city and everyone talks about how competitive it is and you know the music industry is is bs anyway you know yeah. <laughs> and it, it can be rough you know it's a tough industry but um i think also because so many people here get that like we're all here to try to pursue yeah. our dreams whatever that means whatever genre you're in whatever your goal is yeah. um it's like it's almost like the the playing field is leveled like we all know we're all in the same boat and so people are really cool like we've just we've met so many people and you go out to a show and you can look around the room and you realize just how many musicians that are very successful in that room standing with you enjoying you know someone's performance with you it's just it's a wild wild thing and and
2: yeah, you learn to be in a room with famous people and not freak out.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's my friend so-and-so. Like, yeah. they were just nominated for two Grammys. Like, it's just... Yeah. It's we, wild. We run into and, that a lot.
3: <laughs> yeah. And there's
1: just so many really cool people that and I do miss. I do miss home. I miss wow. the
2: beauty of home. I miss the ocean. I miss the food. I miss the seafood so bad. Oh. But... uh in Nashville it's a meat and three town like meat and veg. Yeah,
1: I've never eaten so much beef in my entire life yeah, since we moved
2: It's Definitely here. a meat town. I miss
0: How would you say Nashville compares to the Boston scene, you know, cuz cuz you were involved in that for many many years?
2: So, I think at one point, probably in the mid 70s to the mid 80s, Boston was an unbelievable music scene. And then I think just over time, as Boston has gotten so super expensive to live in, it prices out all the artists. Therefore, you have a very limited music scene. Here, Nashville is starting to get expensive, but it's still pretty manageable. Um, Therefore, artists can afford to live at least around the city and travel in. Um,
1: Yeah, Boston is just so expensive. The
2: venues, there are... So many outlets here. There are so many venues here. You, we could literally. I mean, at one point we were playing seven nights a week. We literally at different places. All original shows, and there's still
1: there's still venues that we three years later that we've never been to.
2: Yeah. So for someone who's you know say you know so for a young person that wants to cut their teeth and really learn the grind and learned, you know, how to be with other musicians and, and, and do that camaraderie thing. There's no better place, I think, in the entire world.
1: Right now, anyway. Yeah. Right
2: now than here. I think Nashville is the last stronghold for artists. Austin is a very close second, but I think Nashville is still a number one.
0: That's a pretty strong statement to make. Uh, why do you say that Nashville is, like, the last stronghold?
1: Well... I, not to get super political, but I think Boston has made it really hard for venues to stay open. And part of that it's the cost. is
3: the, tax is is the, the cost.
1: Like a, a city that has invested so heavily in tech businesses um, and techies are moving into your city, it's driving the rate of rent up. And artists generally, I mean, we're – a lot of artists, we're not generally very rich people. No, you know, we're not making a hundred thousand dollars a year. People
2: down here, artists are two hundred thousand dollars. Artists are renting homes. It's like five or six artists living in a home, and they're all sharing the rent. But because the business is here, because the, this is like the hub of music, in my opinion, of it. I mean, you can still world.
1: you can still drive down Music Row, and it's literally like label after label after label.
2: Yeah. All the business is here, um, but it's 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 about learning how to be a musician. Um, I think that Nashville is the place to be if you want to learn how to be a musician. Some of the best studios in the world are here. Mm. Uh, some of the yeah, it's it's uh, it's endless. I mean, I
1: love I love the Boston scene, but I just I guess I'm bitter. <laughs> like I know of too many artists that. Oh, it's like they can't afford any, too many venues that were
2: it's a shame, amazing venues
1: that can't afford to survive yeah. anymore. You know, the the, the rent, the costs of running and operating a business in Boston, the regulations, mm-hmm. that, the like hoops that people have to go through to, be able to open a venue here in Nashville. And
2: you can have house shows. Those house shows are crazy. Down
1: and you're not your, your neighbors aren't going to call the cops on you for yeah. having a house show. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it is it's very much, it's kind of funny. In a lot of ways, it's sort of like the Wild West. You know, there's, people are very independent and kind of can do almost whatever they want. And it's like, there's almost this unspoken thing where you don't, you don't rat your neighbor having a house show, you just join the fun. <laughs> yeah, so it yeah. it's a different, it's just a different vibe.
2: It's a different world. It's a different vibe totally. And I mean, not to knock Boston. Boston is a beautiful city and, um,
1: amazing if, there's amazing artists still in boston but i just think about the struggle
2: had we not known the difference had we not moved here and not known the difference we would think boston's pretty cool mm-hmm. but because we know that and we know that there's way more opportunity here and way more places to play and learn and so many different artists to learn from i mean we've sat next to some some of the best musicians you could ever imagine i mean and we try to learn from them you know like at all aspects of music well, not just performing but the business aspect how to you know try to get insights on how to run your social media simple things like that where you just like you know makes a huge difference um yeah it's 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 crazy it's uh, it's like i said if you're a young musician come to nashville <laughs> i mean i'm going to i'm i'm for now until yeah.
1: until nashville you know until Nashville becomes a techie city like Boston and it's and, grown a lot. and the rent goes up and then artists have to go somewhere else. It's a little bit less but expensive. Still, it's claimed <laughs>
2: to fame as music city. So mm. that's, but it's truly got going for it. Mm. And if they lose that, it'd be a shame. Yeah.
0: I don't disagree with you at all because as someone who lived in Boston for about eight years, I've always wanted to go back, but I've realized two things. One, I'd have to make a fortune just to get by, you know—not not, not even to thrive, but to just to scrape by. And two, I think all but two people that I know still live in the city. They've all left. They've all gone to other cities, or they moved to around Boston. So, I agree, the city has really been sucked—not dry, but it's getting there. It's getting there, and they really—they only had themselves to blame.
1: There at one point something will change, and I think it happens. With all cities, in a sense, you know, like L.A. at one point was a cheap place to be and where artists could afford to live. You know, back in the 80s, L.A. was the place and you could be an artist and and afford to live in L.A. And then now that's gotten really expensive, too. So I think, you know, cities go through their phases and who knows what it will be like 20 years from now.
0: You mentioned before about some of the some of the big names down there. Like you said, you're like hobnobbing with like Grammy nominees and Grammy winners and people who sell out major venues. Have you had the chance to meet anyone that you are like a huge fan of?
1: Well, I met Vince Neil from Motley Crue. So.
0: That's pretty big. There you go. Lives here.
1: Yeah, he lives. He lives about forty minutes <laughs> from Nat and I was at lunch one day with my boss. Um, she lives in the same neighborhood as him, actually, and my boss for my day job. And it's you know it's a town that's like way out in the country. So there's different celebrities have ranches or yeah, the you Judds
2: know. the Judds family lives out there, and like Mick Mars too. Also, I think lives out there.
1: Yeah, I mean there's all kinds of ran- It's like the middle of nowhere town. And her she invited me to go for lunch one day just to this. It's a, literally used to be an old country like grocery store but they've turned it into a restaurant. So it's kind of just like a little meat in three place, which for those of you who don't know what a meat in three is, you pick your meat, which would be like wings or barbecue or biscuit. And then you pick your three Brisket. sides. Brisket. So you pick, um, you know, greens, mac and pimento, mac and cheese and, you know, something else like mashed potatoes or whatever. <laughs> so I went, went, to lunch with her, and we're just sitting out on the patio drinking a beer, and I go inside to the bar to grab us a couple more beers. It's like a Sunday at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Beautiful day. And Vince Neal's sitting at the bar. And I'm like, holy crap, that's that's Motley Crew. Sitting alone, and this girl comes out with his french fries, and she's like, Vince, I got fries for Vince! You know, and I'm like, is this really happening? So that was pretty... We ended up coming inside. It was getting a little bit buggy. Mosquitoes are are bad down here. And um, we sit next to him, and we start chatting. And then, uh, weirdly enough, Mike Wolf from the show American Pickers on the his, is it History Channel still if that shows on or whatever he comes walking in, and I'm like, "What's happening?" He sits down next to me orders a burger and fries or a hot dog and fries, something and a side of onion rings. And I'm like, I'm just sitting there and I was kind of tired from the sun. And he looks at me. He's like, are you staring at my onion rings? And I'm like, no. He's like, here, have one. I'm like, no. Hey, okay. he's like, damn it, girl, eat an onion ring. So Vince Neal turns to him and like, well, I'll have an onion ring. So there we are, me and Vince Neil eating Mike Wolf's onion rings yeah. <laughs> At the bar. I'm um, like, this is the weirdest thing ever. Well, I guess uh, only in the Nashville
2: area. <laughs> another famous person we met. Um, so Jack White of the White Stripes. He has a uh, his studio here in Nashville, and uh, it's was it, it's uh, Third Man Records. And he has this place inside Third Man Records that you can visit called The Blue Room. And it's a music venue, but you can go in there and have a beer. It's awesome, right? So we went in there, and he has an outdoor patio. We went, it's kind of like you have to go into the studio and through the studio to get to it. And where there's a little bar set up, and we order a couple of mimosas. And then the bartender's like, hey, look over your shoulder. I'm like, I look over my shoulder, and there's Jack White. Hey guys, how's it going? You enjoy yourself? Yeah, man, having oh, yeah. a good time.
1: He's like, oh, oh cool. well, I get a friend of him with him, with him from somewhere else. He's like, oh, where's the best donuts to go?
2: Yeah, where's the best place
1: to get donuts here some in Nashville? Most
2: random stuff, and
1: so I'm like, uh, well, my favorite is Fox's Donuts, but you know,
2: <laughs> <laughs> the weird encounters like that. Um, and then you meet people that you've heard of before. And then you know, and then you become friends with them, and you realize how successful they are, and you're like, "Wow, um, one of my good friends is the lead guitar player for Michael Bolton, of all people!" And he tours the world with Michael Bolton. Um, and then uh, we run into like uh, the famous uh, uh, chicken picking player, like a country guitar player named Guthrie Trapp. and um, he plays with John Oates of Hall and Oates. So, and uh, um, Kirk Fletcher. Who plays blues guitar with Joe Bonamassa and all those guys. Um and um then we'll meet then we get uh we meet like amazing singer songwriters like Katie Pruitt. You ever heard of her? Mm-hmm. She has a the most beautiful voice and she is brilliant. Um yeah it's it's just you're it's all, nice.
1: you're constantly You're inspiring. constantly <laughs> yeah
2: yeah that's the big thing you are constantly inspired as long as you have that mindset. So people you know I've been told many times uh, anytime I thought about going to Nashville and they've been, i have always like, yeah, you know, it's, it's really competitive. And, you know, you go down there and it's like, instead of being a big fish in a, a small pond, you're a small fish in a big pond. If you have that mentality, you're going to fail. You're going to come here. You're going to allow things to happen. You're going to, we've, we've, so the big thing down here is called writer's rounds. You ever heard of those? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have done hundreds <laughs> of writer's around since we've been here. We share the stage with three or four or five other artists. And we have sat next to some of the most amazing, unknown talents that would blow your mind. And you're just know, like, holy crap, you know? Yeah. And I can see, you know, if you have that mentality of like, oh, you get intimidated really easy, or if you think someone's better than you and you can't take that and learn from it, I can see why people would come here, spend a little bit of time and go back home because you have to have that open mind. You got to be like, okay, that person's a badass. They're so good. What can I learn from them? I got to pick their brain. I got to meet them. I have to learn how they got so good, you know? And I think in turn, that makes you a better artist yourself, you know? But uh, yeah, it's uh, you run into all kinds of famous people. And we've caught some really like off the wall shows uh, like, I don't know if you've heard of Molly Tuttle. She just won a Grammy for, for Bluegrass. She's an amazing Bluegrass guitar player. Like, blow your mind. And we saw her at this place called Grimy's Records. We're like two feet away from her, and she's just playing. And I'm like, this is crazy, you know?
1: Yeah, you're like, I got to go to her like album release party and just stand two feet away from her and watch her play.
2: And, and it's like, you can't when you see it online, it's one thing. When you see it and you're two feet away from it you're watching it and hearing it and it's like, you see brilliance in front of you and you're like, oh my God. Um, and we, you know, like uh, our friend uh, Aaron Lee who is, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but look him up. Um, he is another brilliant songwriter who is also Grammy nominated. Um, and,
1: and you would just, it's, you meet these people and you realize that um, there are people just like you. Yeah. And they're just amazing at what they do. And in, 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 the best of them just want to help, you know, the best of them just want to inspire people and be inspired by people. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, I feel like Nashville, people sometimes think that all it is is like country pop
2: music. No, it's, everything. And, America, it's an Americana town, So that encapsulates a lot of things. But they have the big American effect here, so it's just the culmination of all American music.
0: Do you feel like you've been influenced or inspired musically since moving down there? Do you feel like it, like your like your style has kind of absorbed some of what Nashville has to offer?
1: Um. Yes and no. I think it's funny you asked that because I was thinking about that the other day and how um we're kind of weird. You know, like we, we have like weird kind of like pop rock nineties ish sound a little bit. And even though Nashville is mo- mo- an Americana town and a pop country town, there's still pockets of a little bit of everything here. And we- I think when you move to a new place, I, some people are really tempted to like, try to channel that sound like oh you know i gotta write a song like this or but the more time we spent here the less we were that way you know the, like we're... actually
2: the, the the more we wanted to be different else. and i think by being ourselves kind of help that by not conforming i guess to the national sound i don't know i i like it when we go on stage and we're different than everyone
1: else yeah I mean, we've definitely been inspired. Whether
2: whether it works for the crowd or not, whatever, you know, but for us, it's like, yeah, you know, this is who we are. We're not going to write a song just to conform. We're going to just write who we we are.
1: And I think you can be inspired by artists like, you know, there are some great Americans down here that I love and I love their music. That doesn't mean that I want to write music exactly like that, but I like to take inspiration from them even if it's just when i'm analyzing a song and the way that they write their lyrics and then it comes out in a song that you would never realize was inspired by that you know it'll come out in a alt-pop like grungy song that you would never think was inspired by some like you know americana folk tune so yeah i think we've taken inspiration but it's also made us even more determined to like keep what's unique about us in our I mean, music. Any
2: any producers that we work with, they'll just like you know what, just be yourself. You can't just be yourself. Don't try to be like anybody else. So you know, that's I don't think we can be. I like
1: won't them. be the next Carrie Underwood, that's for sure. And that's great because Carrie Underwood is great at being Carrie Underwood. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be great at being me.
2: But then, like I said, Jack White. Look how different he is in his studio right in the heart of the city. You know, it's like, man, I dare to be different.
0: Exactly. I like that. All right. Well then well then on that note, let us talk about your recent release, I Want Me. This was out earlier in the month. What is the story behind this song? Because I get the feeling there's a lot of the two of you in this tune. Um,
1: yeah. So, <laughs> and actually um, I wrote it from a dream that I had. I woke up in the middle of the night after a dream that I was still with an ex-boyfriend. Wow. And it was one of those, it was one of those dreams up and you don't quite know where you are. Like you're, you know, you're confused. And I was like, oh my God, no. And, you know, he's snoring next to me. And then it all, the reality sets in and I realized, oh my God, thank God, I'm, you know, that's that's behind me. and and I remember that I'm in this part of my life. And so I rolled over and I wrote the lyrics, um, in my phone. They just like came from that. Like, I just right away, I had that, that thought, like, I want me, you know, like when I was with that person, I felt like I couldn't be myself and, um, that I was never good enough. So, but then the next day, um, I had the chorus in my head, like the chorus melody, but the next day when I, I pulled him aside, it was like, hey, let's, you know, want to work on this song. And um, he is the master of just taking my, like, melody ideas and putting them to the kind of chords that well, I want to hear. I
2: try to feel the mood of the song. And then... You just kind of go from there, I guess. And uh,
1: and I, I wanted something that was like sort of poppy but dark sounding. You know,
2: a little bit. It has like a it has like a uh, garbagey kind of vibe. Gar- being garbage.
0: Yeah, yeah,
3: so, I get that. Yeah.
2: Uh, and um, yeah, That's it, all it really to be <laughs> honest with you, it didn't take that long to write. I mean, it just you know sometimes you can just write a song in ten minutes, and other times you struggle with a song for years or months or whatever. One of those ones that we wanted to write something that was rocking a little on the heavier side a little um a little on the grungier side and kind of just worked out and um then we got the the fortunate chance of uh going to uh record at blackbird studio which is one of the best studios in the world and we were able to uh record most of that song there and uh with some amazing musicians so, yeah
0: Cool, cool. Now, I also read that this was actually your first release since uh, moving down uh, to Nashville. Um, so, so, this obviously is really, really significant for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the first release of music that we wrote and produced here, and yeah, it was it was kind of big. It was like, oh, we're finally putting
2: we're legit Nashville recording artists.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you release a song, you're in. That that's all it takes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, I
2: don't know. I think like it- I mean, first off, you know, like it was that whole um, kind of relationship and learning the area. And when we first came here, we did work with a producer in East Nashville that it it, it didn't work out as well as we'd like. We did we did cut three songs from him. We will be releasing those. And then um, and then by learning and asking around and getting a, a part of that network and. And then, uh, learning about Blackbird and learning about all that stuff. And it kind of just guided us through just by just communicating with people. And, and, uh, yeah, you just, you just learn the ropes and you learn what works for you. There's,
1: uh, there's the thing here is like, there's endless possibilities. So it gets a little overwhelming. And then at a certain point you go, okay, I just have to do it. Yeah. I just have to do it. If I, Think about all the possibilities and the choices, and I, you know, scrutinize everything to the I could drive myself crazy. You just have to do it, and so, yeah. Finally, releasing a song that we wrote here and produced here, and it was just yeah. it was like a part, like a it was like a party. It was like woo,
3: yay! Yeah, like. exactly, <laughs>
0: exactly. Is it hard to choose producers though? Because I imagine you have this just like like overflow of options here
3: yeah
2: yeah and you, well, gotta, you gotta be careful too because there are a lot of people that are that like to take advantage of artists here that they that they, they say they have all this clout and they chartered all this money and then you think it's going to get you there and you realize there's a lot that you need to learn and the best way to do it is like word of mouth ask it around hey do you know this person do you know that person
3: yeah
2: um we were very,
1: very fortunate.
2: Well, uh, yeah, for us, we were, we had some mixes that we were working on. And uh, I had asked my friend, who was the guitar player for Michael Bolton, and he had recommended a guy who uh, lives in Connecticut. And we're like, okay, well. It was just weird.
1: Like, we had to move down to Nashville. Yeah. To our friend, you know, his name is Mikhail Pivova. Shout out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had so to move to cool. Nashville to get connected so, with someone from Connecticut. So he t-
2: songs and read them and it sounded amazing and then he said i just want to work with you guys so now we work with mikhail um we record stuff here and we'll send it to him and we'll collaborate that way
3: yeah
1: but but like we have been hooked up with him i don't think if we hadn't met met
2: my friend who's a guitar player Michael bull i met him at a guitar shop down here so random. You know, it's just what it's. That's what it, That's what this town's all about. It's everybody, and also too, I realize in the music industry, everyone's path to some sort of success is different. There is no one way to do it, and 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 it's all about relationships and your encounters.
0: Exactly. Yeah, you're right. You, you can't base yourself on someone else because what they did, it's not your life. You got to, like you said, chart your own course and be yourself. Don't try and be the next so-and-so because it's never going to happen.
1: And I think too, like if I think about it all the time, it's like music is a hard, it's a terrible industry. So you really just have to do it because you love it. And then if you are lucky enough that you get some sort of opportunity here or there, then that's amazing and wonderful. But at the end of the day, like I say to him all the time, you know, when I die, my music is what's left behind. That's what's important to me. You know, I, is obviously my relationships with people, but then also my art and what I create. And you have to just create something that you're proud yeah,
2: of. You gotta be happy with what you put out there. Yeah. And and if something hits, great. If it doesn't, at least you can look back in your life and go, Hey, that's that song kicked ass, man. We did pretty good on that, you know?
0: All right. And of course you have a new release coming out now at the time of this recording, you're about two weeks away. Living Proof dropping on May 26th. So it might already be out folks, depending on what you are hearing, this, it might already be out. Check it out. I'm sure it's amazing. But what can we expect from the new single?
1: Um, This song, it's kind of funny. It's like a boppy song. Um, and um, you know, it's, it's kind of like a personal song and uh, it's really about kind of like being disappointed in your heroes. And it's, kind of funny because people listen to it and they like bop along to it and then they realize how depressing the lyrics are (laughs) so um but yeah it's it's called living proof and it'll be out on the 26th and um i think people are gonna dig jeff's guitar tones i do so hopefully people like that Mm -hmm.
2: yeah and uh so you know our plan is is we're gonna we're sitting on a lot of music right now, and I think that because of the way music is right now, it comes and goes so quickly. Like, what's a hit is today, or, what, you know, it just it moves so fast that you got to keep people engaged. So we're going to release a single every five to six weeks, I think. Followed by, we're going to, followed by a live show and, uh, you know, videos Yeah, and we stuff. just,
1: so we had our first full band live show since we moved here. We were doing things mostly as a duo and um we had our first full band live show about um two months ago less than two months ago it was in april and um it was amazing it was so awesome you know it was we had great musicians backing us up and some awesome friends that showed and it was just a really really cool way to celebrate our first single here in nashville and
2: we want to do that every time we really keep on. It was just
0: fun. Oh bad bet. Now you mentioned earlier about uh, um, at one point doing like a show every night. Of course, you have a lot of options there. Any particular venues that stand out as like your go-to spot?
2: Well, right now it's the underdog and there's a part of Nashville that is called East Nashville. It's the east side. And that seems to be like where all of the kind of Artists, the different kind of artists, more like more liberal side of the city, I guess. Not, not so much country music and stuff over there. It's more rock and alternative, and anything goes over there. So we found this place uh, called the Underdog, and it's we found it. It was just like a, a, a kind of hole in the wall bar, you know, like old school Nashville. And it's now it's gotten so built up. So many famous musicians play there now. Um, and, yeah, we went, just hang and, out there now, and it's like we it's just awesome went last night.
1: We went last night to see Kurt Fletcher, who's an amazing blues musician, and yeah. become a good friend. And um it was like crazy because we had met him. He had moved here not too long after we did, and um he had asked me to sing. You know, he had a song that had some female vocals on it, so I got up and sang with him a couple times at his shows, and. One night, he's like, hey, are you going to get up and sing tonight? I'm like, sure. And then Jeff turns around and he's like, dude, he's got Larry Carlton as his special guest. Like, Larry Carlton. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. He's like, you know how many amazing, like, albums this guy's played on? How many accolades he has? Like, one of the most amazing guitar players of history is just hanging out in East Nashville, getting up on stage and playing and we're watching it, you know, and she got the, a, she at got a, a dive bar. Hand.
2: So he, she, she got the single hand and her. Yeah, so, so it's, cool. it's,
1: I mean, the Underdog is a cool spot. Underdog, um,
2: uh, we like.
3: Um, there's
1: another place called the Bowery Vault, and it's actually a vintage clothing store and a venue. So they have an amazing, beautiful stage. The sound is just killer sound. They're more of like a listening room, so they don't do, like, very loud bands. It's... Um, Kind of, like, little cocktail tables, it's really cute and intimate. Um, we've played there a lot as just like a duo, and so yeah, there's gosh, that's hard for me to like think of all of them. Yeah, <laughs> D's Country Cocktail Lounge, another really cool, um, you know, it's called the Country Cocktail Lounge, but they do have all kinds of music there, and
2: um, definitely, yeah, we'll really well cool. Too. Yeah, oh, it's almost, man. <laughs>
0: I really want to see this place because I have been to Knoxville a couple of times. I know that's that's nothing like Nashville at all, but I, I would love to go down to Nashville and just hang out for a week and just check out shows. Come stay with us, man. Yeah,
1: it's only like a two-hour flight. We, we live not too far outside the city, and you yeah. can come stay with us. we got a guest room with its own bathroom. So bring your girlfriend, do your thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, booking my flight right now. All right. All right. Well, Bethany, Jeff, as always, so much fun talking to you. Now you mentioned earlier about some new singles coming out every like five or six weeks. What about shows? Are you back on stage?
1: Yeah. So we have, our next show is going to be on June 15th. That's another full band show. That'll be at the underdog in Nashville. And then, um, the end of that month, we're actually going to be on the today in Nashville show, just like a daytime TV show we'll be performing. Um, and before we wrap up, I just want to give a shout out. There is a nonprofit that I am working with out of Boston. Amazing friend Tom Todd McKay started this nonprofit. It's called Help Here Heal and it's for any survivor of sexual violence and we provide free mental health services to any survivor of su- sexual violence. So Um, If anyone would like to check out the website to donate or get resources, it's helphearheal.com.
0: Absolutely. Well, Bethany, Jeff, the time to bring this to a close has come far too soon, as it always does. But it was so good to catch up with you. I love everything you're doing down there. And if you want to learn more, you know what to do. Plasticangels.net is the home base. There, you find their socials. You find them on Spotify, and as I always say, you support the bands however you can do it. And I'm sure we'll be talking again very, very soon.
2: Hey, Thank
3: point. you so come much for having us. Yeah, too, so <laughs> stay us. count me in. This
0: is batches below, and you're watching citywide blackout. Justice for all. That brings this episode to a close. Thanks to everyone for listening, and be sure to follow the show on Facebook at Citywide Blackout and Twitter and Instagram at Citywide Max. You can reach me at citywidemax at yahoo.com to suggest a guest or submit music for the Blackout Collection playlist. You can find the show wherever you check out your favorite podcasts, and new episodes are aired every Saturday at 10 p.m. EST on Boston Free Radio. That's all for now